everybody, this is Bunkhouse Bob. And the lovely Mark. Live from the Armory Wrestling Show is heard worldwide. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. But this is an FNX.network plug, which means we're heard from Mobile, Alabama to Melbourne, Australia. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Check us out on FNX.network. What do you say, Laura? the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. You're lying, Bob. I never said I don't want to do this interview. Those words yes, never you came did, out yeah. of my mouth. You Trust are me, the, yeah. the biggest lying sack of crap ever. Our studio line is area code 213-816-1605. With your host, Bunkhouse Bob. Yes, Laura almost got lost in her home state of West Virginia, but she's with us tonight. How are you, Laura? And the lovely Laura. Foot is about to find your ass as a home state if you keep that shit up. gentlemen you're listening to live from the armory wrestling show my name is the bunkhouse bob and i am the greatest wrestling mind of the 21st century folks this is episode 291 and there is an uh an aroma hanging in the air and no it's not not flagellants or something left over in the trash here in the studio it is the aroma of turkey ladies and gentlemen as we sit here on the eve of thanksgiving Tonight, on this very program, we will hand out our 2019 Golden Turkey Leg Awards. You're just going to have to listen and kind of follow along with the flow because it's one of those fun types of episode. Myself, personally, my wife is in the other room making pies for tomorrow. The dog is laying here on the floor looking at me like I'm an idiot. And what better place would we rather be? than here at the Armory on the eve of Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight, wherever you're listening at, however you're listening to the program. We're on every major podcast platform known to mankind. We're here on Blog Talk Radio every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. And please go over to www.fnx.network. You can catch our show and a host of other shows on FNX Network. Make sure that you're checking them out. Uh, Before you get into... uh, your Black Friday shopping, you got your Black Friday shopping list made up. Go over to uh, www.prowrestlingtees.com. Type in FNX Network up in the search bar, and you'll find a couple of live from the Armory Wrestling Show shirts you could purchase and uh, give out as a holiday gift. It's always a great idea. And uh, as always, if you have a question, a comment, a critique, or a criticism about a guest or a commentary, that you've heard on this program, you can always email us 
at asktheArmory at gmail.com. Now, before we get rolling, uh, give you a kind of an idea of what we're doing here. Uh, we're going to have both Laura and George are going to be on the show, but the most important thing for you to know tonight is this. There are still kind people left in this world. There are kind people that are left in this world. And Laura can tell you about kind people as her, uh, what's, what am I looking for? As disaster almost unfolded in the local Target today. How are you, Laura? I'm frazzled, Bob. How about you? Well, I've been following your saga on Facebook, and I got some kind of weird-ass message from you in the group chat, and I can't make heads nor tails of it. Something about <laughs> uh, something about checking the expiration date, and we'll wrap it in a round loaf. And I one flew over the cuckoo's nest, and I'll see you at Cracker Barrel. Love you, Toots. I don't know what the hell you're what, what's going on. I I I I want to put I want to put the message out on Twitter so that people can actually see what I'm talking about because I have no idea. It was like Siri was drunk. I I have no idea. Voice assistant was drunk when this message came through, folks. Let me pull it. Let me pull it up because this, this is too good to pass up. This is what the message says, ladies and gentlemen. This is from Laura. Well, I've got my phone car. I also toots. And maybe I can get you another one of those round things you could wrap. That around, that sounds like you did in the dark. I will if you check on the dates of that meet and everything. I'm not going to go. That's the message I got. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Gosh. What happened to you today, girl? I needed that. I needed that last because I don't know. I'm not, I started to get concerned. I didn't know if there was an 800 number I should call. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I'm states away. One eight hundred Yeah, exactly, exactly. What 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 what's going on? Let me start out by explaining that I. I only work till noon today because okay. at our office, uh, the, the Commonwealth of Virginia will pay me for four hours of holiday time. Uh-huh. So I took off at noon. I right. went 45 north to Blacksburg to get my hair did. Okay. Got my hair did. Stopped mm-hmm. at Aldi because okay. – um, we buy our paper products at Aldi, cheaper that way. Sure. Bought a few other things. Went over to Target okay. to uh, pick up some lotion. I like Target's up and up lotion. Okay. So how I lost my cell phone, Bob, I do not know. I couldn't tell you because I had it when I came into the store. Right. When I stopped, there's a Starbucks in this Target, and I wanted a pink drink. I saw two people walking through Target with that drink, and I thought, hmm, that looks like that would be real, right up my alley. So I went over, yeah. right, went over to Target, yeah. went over to the Starbucks, paid for my pink drink, and the uh, barista handed me my uh, uh, reusable 
glass or cup, by the way, is mm-hmm. what I use. All right. Like, where's my phone? Holy shit, where is my phone? I'm, I must have left it in the car. So left it in the car. Get out to the car. It ain't there. So go back into Target. Go to the customer service desk. Anybody turn in a phone? No. I only went about four places in Target, so I went to each place. Phone right right there. Maybe it it fell out of my pocket at Aldi. So went over to Aldi. Hey, anybody turn in a cell phone? No. Go back outside. Ask the, uh, there's a nice couple walking in. I explain my situation. They let me use their phone and call my phone. I was hoping maybe someone would pick up. Sure. No one picked up. So thanked them for their time. Went to my car. I'm pulling all kinds of shit out of my car. Yeah. And um, an an older lady is next to me. I explained my situation to her. She dials my number on her phone, and we're both listening to see if maybe it's in my car and maybe it's under the seat and I can't reach it. It's buried under something, whatever. Nothing. Sure. Goes right to the listening. Okay. Lady was kind enough to say, you know, um, I've got your number in my phone, and you know, if I don't hear from you in a little bit, I'll, I'll try it again. Thank you so much. Right. I appreciate it. Go back over to Target. I have a blingy necklace on today. There's a little old lady in, waiting in the line. There's a line this time at customer service, and mm-hmm. I like to talk and explain to her what the situation was. She let me go in front of her. So I get up to the customer service uh, counter. Hey, I was right. in here earlier. Did anybody happen to turn in a phone? Yes, they did. What does yours look like? It's in a pink otter box case with, I don't even know what these little discs are called. I said, there's a little yeah. disc on the back that you use to take selfies. Boom, there it was. <clears throat> now, yeah, someone turned it in. Thank God. Because I thought there's a cell store two doors down from Target, I'm going to have to get a cell phone because I can't do without a cell phone, especially this weekend. Can't do without it, you know. Right, right. And I, you know, um, so a 30 minutes extra onto my time, because I'm in Christiansburg, which is an hour and 15 minutes away from my home, okay? Right. So... Um, I get home, and I was supposed to go grocery shopping after doing all my little running. <clears throat> so that's why I messaged you to say, hey, I'm going to be late, maybe, right. because right. I've got to get to Walmart and back. Well, right. what happened was <laughs> I talking to my aunt and did not turn off the talk to text. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, I was telling her that we have uh, we're we're going to Cracker Barrel tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Uh, we're not right. fixing things. It's only two of us, so what's the point? So um, I asked her to make sure the meat that we have that we have like we eat turkey burgers, we had some hamburgers, some chicken. I asked her to make sure the dates were okay, or right. if they were not, they need to be put in the freezer. So right and. She makes crafts. Okay, we got a craft show coming up on the seventh. 
maybe it's the sixth. Whatever Saturday in December. Well, the second, yeah, first Saturday in December. Um, is and she has a um, foam ring that she wrapped around and made a wreath. And I was telling her that I would get her another one. Uh, <laughs> if, if you say so. <laughs> Holy shit, this is the best meat story since the Jim Cornette, Kenny Bowling, Kroger debate. <laughs> oh, my God. That's uh, And then I, I, I get thinned before I even realized it, and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe I just sent that to Bob and George. <laughs> I what that Oh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Rap, uh, you did in the dark. If you will, I will check the dates of the meat and everything. I'll just bring us something home. I think the 28th song, the chicken, I'm going to fix some stuff tomorrow after we get home so that you'll have something to eat. The the, the back half of the message is great. Uh, Well, I got got my phone car. I also toots. And maybe I can get you another one of those round things you could wrap. And that's... (laughs) <laughs> so the you know the moral of the story here is you know ladies and gentlemen you got round things you can wrap and we always check your uh, dates on your meat and uh, the last thing is most importantly there are some kind people that are left in this world you know because I don't know about you I mean I don't keep a lot of banking information or credit card information or a lot of I mean I've got some passwords and some stuff on my phone <laughs> But that, that sense of panic, I mean, back in the day, it used to be like, fuck, I can't find my wallet. Where'd I put my wallet at? Or, lady, I set my pocketbook down. Today, right. the sense of sheer panic that comes over someone, myself, you, George, whomever, when they've set their phone down or, you know, have left it in another room and swear that they had it on them or... You know, the inevitable, the one that always gets me is you set it on the passenger seat and make a turn and it falls down in between the door and the passenger seat and somehow makes its way underneath the seat. And then all of a sudden, nobody can find the phone. It's like, well, it was just here. Right. It didn't didn't fly out the window. Where'd it go? You know, that kind of thing. I am so, and I I know, and I've told John. Um, you guys might have to watch me at WrestleCade a little more closely than you normally do because I am completely frazzled, and I'm not even kidding because I never, ever, 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 ever do that with my phone because I have it. I know where it is at all times. Yeah. And that's what brought me. I was like, oh, my God. I am an hour and 15 minutes away from home with no phone to call anybody to tell anybody what's going on. Anything, I might even right. Them, right. I might have to go down here to this U.S. cellular and get me another phone, which is not what I wanted to do at all today. So I'm I so thankful that there are honest people still in this world. And yeah. wherever you are, I certainly appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Now, somebody that can't keep an eye on you at WrestleCade, but he can help keep an eye on you here tonight, we're going to go on and bring him in. I'd like to welcome to the show the co-executive producer of this program. He's joining us tonight for our 
Golden Turkey Leg Awards. Mr. George Coles has joined us. Mr. Coles, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I, I obviously, uh, my complaining about my day isn't half as bad now that I heard about Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I could be a shining beacon to somebody. She is a beacon Laura, of light got, in a dark world. I got to, I got to tell you, you know, I'm always on our Twitter. Our, our good friend Chris Riddle sent over a sent over a message. Uh, says Wrestlecade 2019 quotes. Check the date oh, on boy. that meat, girl. <laughs> I wanted my pink drink, and maybe I could get another one of those routes that you can wrap. There you go. There you go. Chris Riddle and Wrestlecade quotes. Laura got the first three memes of Wrestlecade out. There and you it's go. Not even yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, We're going to have to call you well, Laura the Bean Machine Lines. <laughs> the meme machine. The meme machine. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, there's, there's a bunch there. I can, I can tell something's going to, somebody, Chris is going to come up with make one. I know he is before the end of the program. Uh, what we're going to do, folks, we're going and. Uh, Get it kicked off, and uh, Lori, you want to go on and give out uh, our social media stuff, and then Mr. Coles can give out his Twitter poll for the week. Yeah, yeah, George, you can do that this week. Um, let's see here. Let me get my little email up here. Yeah. Ooh, let me bring a little bit. Um, George is on the Twitter machine, as he just mentioned. Uh, you can tweet along live with this at from the Armory. You can tweet along with me at Circle with Bob at Bob underscore Dell, with George at Heal Heat, and with our good friend Dr. Guzlacon at The Gray Lobster. You can find us on Facebook at our official page and our fan page. If you go on to YouTube and search Live from the Armory, you'll find every episode uploaded for the past three years. Mm, absolutely. Mr. Coles, what was our poll this week that you had uh, so diligently worked on? Well, being as it's the week of Thanksgiving, I uh, put, do you have any wrestling-related Thanksgiving traditions? Now, there are four options, watching Survivor Series, Mm -hmm. watching Starcade, discussing with the family, or other leaving comments. Okay. Discussing with the family got 0%, so I'm guessing... A lot of people have families that aren't as big a wrestling fans as they are. Um, mm-hmm. Watching Survivor Series got 14%. Other okay. leaving comments got 14%. And uh, the winner by a large margin was watching Starkeed. Ah, yes. Uh, synonymous in a very particular important part of the country as far as professional wrestling is concerned. Starcade, an annual tradition. I know, Laura, that was big thing for you correct absolutely because that was the super bowl of jim crockett promotions uh star uh where rick flair cemented his legacy by beating harley race in the first starcade mr coles how about for you starcade the same type of thing or not so much for me it was always starcade and and i kind of as as much as a Survivor Series is fun, when Survivor Series kind of muscled Starcade into December, 
it kind of upset me because I, you know, you get used to Starcades in in November, WrestleManias in the end of March, beginning of April. Kind of sets. It's like pushing the Super Bowl back for for another football game. And in my opinion, Starcade was always the more important show than WrestleMania at the time. Absolutely. Uh, you know, for me, growing up on the edge of that then WWF territory, excuse me, uh, ours would have been Survivor Series. Uh, we were just not within cable proximity or uh, have the, 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 the channels that we do today in order to catch anything related to Jim Crockett until later on in the uh, – in the mid eighties. And then we would, we would get that. But, uh, the early, the early 1980s, it was definitely, uh, survivor series for us. And, um, you know, going back and, and looking over it, you know, it, it is that, you know, uh, there's that nostalgia that's involved, whether you watched Starcade or whether you watched survivor series, it kind of kicked off that, that holiday, uh, that holiday sprint that we go into in November and December and, uh, you know, that time of year, um, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week about, you know, with so many pay-per-views now that the WWE now offers, you know, it's like Survivor Series has gotten kind of lost in the shuffle. It was one of the, you know, the big four. I believe it's the the, the second oldest pay-per-view uh, mm-hmm. in, for, for the WWF. A uh, lot of, lot of legacy behind Survivor Series and uh, always uh, – look back when I hear those names with fond memories as we get into the holidays. And obviously, you know, coming up, we're, we're coming up on Thanksgiving tomorrow and the new tradition has been going to WrestleCade and we'll probably plug this a couple of times. Make sure that you go to www.wrestlecade.com to get your tickets, all of your information, all that great stuff. Can't stress it enough. If you're on the fence thinking about it, not quite sure, don't know what you want to do, don't want to stay the whole weekend, maybe just want to go to the super show, whatever the situation it is, there are package levels available for each and every event. You can buy them individually. You can buy a package. The biggest thing is, is that if you're a fan of independent professional wrestling, there is no greater stage, no grander stage currently right now than WrestleCade on Thanksgiving weekend. So make sure that you check it out. Uh, other than your debacle at Target with the phone, how was your week, Laura? Um, not too awfully bad. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I'm, I'm literally just my my brain is just fried. Um, You're frazzled. frazzled. I am frazzled. I am frazzled. Uh, that's the frazzled. Appalachian way of saying that I'm I'm stick the fork in me. I'm done. Um, you know, a lot of things interesting happened, you know, in wrestling, um, this week. Um, I watched, uh, NXT. Yeah. Most of it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, Survivor Series was good too, for what I saw of it. Um, uh, NXT seemed to, uh, come out on the better end of all of it. Uh, I've heard Mm -hmm. that a lot of people were not happy uh, with that. Uh, something interesting I saw uh, also was that, um, you know, ACH had said that he is, uh, you know, taking indie bookings. He's got his first indie booking here pretty soon. 
And uh, I think uh, our good friend Ariel uh, Monroe, the big swole, had, you know, congratulated him, tweeted out, and he basically was like, yeah, and um, I'm trying to save your husband, too. Hmm. So I don't know what that's all about. But uh, I thought that was very interesting for him to say that. Um, yeah. I know that uh, I think Cedric's been on the main event uh, for a while now, and, and I think that's unfortunate because I think he is better than that. Um, I would like to say that um, ROH has officially jumped the shark when my aunt, who will watch wrestling, any kind of wrestling, uh, changes the channel on Saturday morning and tells me that she just didn't want to watch it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So when she changes the channel on something that, you know, because it was like, it comes on at 11 o'clock here. Right. Of course. And so, 11.30, I come into the living room. I'm like, why aren't you watching wrestling? I wasn't mm-hmm. watching it. I haven't watched Ring of Honor in a long time. She's like, you know, I just didn't want to. Oh, okay. So, there's, a lot, there's a lot of people that just don't want to watch ROH right now, and a lot of people that are turning the channel. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, just got one more thing that I want to say. Yeah. That... Um, it's 2019, people. There's no room anywhere in wrestling, in at your job, on the at the bus stop, whatever, for you to tell someone that you don't want to work with them because they're black. Mm. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. I've seen that post Just floating around Facebook too. Exactly. Go the hell away. And one more thing I want to mention, because this happened and it'll never happen again. So I posted on Facebook. I was glad I was getting away for the weekend because if I didn't, I was going to punch someone in the back of the throat with a hammer. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So my good friend Dark Journey commented on uh, that post and her comment was, wow, sweetie. And George South on down the uh, comment line there um, posted, uh, uh, "Sweet sister has uh, has done a a, a Dick Slater uh, heel turn. I love it. So I have a post that has not only the Dark Journey but a mention of Dick Slater in the same post." <laughs> Well, you've hit one out of the park then for sure. Um, I was trying to back up because I thought I, I thought I saw something on earlier, and I'm trying to find it now. You know, you were mentioning the ACH deal and him taking indie bookings, and I swear, and I'm trying trying to find it. Yeah, I did. I just found it. Uh, ACH actually is taking independent bookings and he is going to be at uh, a promotion that we're very familiar with uh, on Sunday, de- December the 1st, Atlanta wrestling entertainment squad goals has a flyer up that says ACH returns. This is from our friend, Josh Wheeler. This is a big one. 
when the road ends, we'll look back on this moment and know that this was the turning point. Squad up, everybody. Uh, so it would appear that ACH is going to appear for Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment Sunday, December the 1st. I'll have to keep, uh, keep our uh, eye on that for sure. Um, the, there, there are several things that happened over the course of this past week. There, were, there was one really nice thing or one really cool thing, and there were three things that, that just absolutely sucks, and we're going to break these down. The first one is obviously the Kelly Klein Ring of Honor situation that's been exploding all over the Internet, courtesy of Joey Mercury, who no longer works for Ring of Honor. Basically, in a nutshell, Kelly Klein was fired by Ring of Honor via email by Joe Coff, uh, saying that they could no longer go forward. Um, there are several screenshots floating around of text messages, email correspondence uh, between several talents, between Kelly Klein, between uh, Greg Gilliland, Joe Coff, Joey Mercury. And basically, Joey Mercury has pulled back the curtain on Ring of Honor. And to be honest with you folks, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff behind the curtain that I don't think that a lot of people were aware of, good, bad, or indifferent. And Joey's put a, a huge spotlight on this. And, um, you know, looking over everything, you know, I mean, the information is there. I, I, I don't believe that, that what we're seeing has been doctored or altered in any way. I believe what we're seeing is what we're seeing. There are a lot of people that believe now that both Greg and Joe Coff should step down, step away from Ring of Honor. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people that are disappointed uh, in what they're seeing. And I think for me, and, and George, you're, you're more of a Ring of Honor aficionado than I am. I think this is really the tipping point in what we've been seeing over the course of the last year from January forward about – uh, you know, there's been talk about why the why the, the booking has been bad, the uh, the attendance has been been bad. Uh, they should be in a rebuilding process, but they're not really rebuilding. There are people that are getting pushes that's questionable, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, for you, after reading all that's transpired between Joey Mercury and all these these other things, does that kind of make sense to you? Is that what we're actually seeing? It it does. Um, ignore the cackling woman in the background. I think yeah, um, I think she's getting messages. Is what it is. I believe if she's seeing what I'm seeing, then I know what she's laughing at. Chris has worked his magic. I'm sure uh, he has. But, I will get to it in a moment. But um, my my opinion, I I totally believe everything that Joey Mercury said. Um, there have been rumors going back as far as uh, 2009 about Greg. Jim, Jim Cornette famously outed him in a rant saying all this stuff a decade ago. And I know we're going to talk about him in a minute. Uh, other wrestlers have come out. Uh, B.J. Whitmer, who obviously is tied into this for reasons that if you don't know, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, other wrestlers have come out and spoke about him and his dealings in the past and how 
he's messed up stuff. Adam Pierce uh, lost a commentating job because of him, um, and so on and so forth. To me, they brought a lot of things to light, and I've been a fan of Ring of Honor since the beginning. It was mm-hmm. the stopgap after ECW went away, because I'm going to be 100% honest. The WWE wrestling product isn't always what I like. It never was my favorite product. And I always liked actual wrestling. And I think a lot of Ring of Honor's problems, other than this scandal, other than the fact that they lost the majority of their top-tier talent and didn't have a backup plan, because that's happened to them before, is now we're at a point in wrestling where Ring of Honor has no advantage. It used to be Ring of Honor's where you would go where you'd see the great wrestling. Well, now I could turn on SmackDown and Raw, and there's just as good matches happening on SmackDown and Raw because they have all the stars of Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And there's just as good wrestling happening on NWA and MLW and Impact and AEW and Royality of Wrestling and the 90 other options there are have better, have just as good, if not better talent and better wrestling on their show. Every major promotion in America, and this is my biggest gripe with Ring of Honor, every major promotion has a women's division that's at least somewhat fleshed out. Ring of Honor's has been Kelly Klein and whoever else they put against Kelly Klein for the last three years. And now they took their biggest asset in that department and, and fired her over something that she said that was true, that they tried to get her to wrestle while she had a concussion. And they yeah. fired her while she was still going through concussion syndromes. Yeah. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. I'm a, I'm, as you said, Bob, I'm, I've been a huge Ring of Honor supporter. I bought their year package for their um, subscription service. I'm looking at in my room at a stack of probably 300 Ring of Honor DVDs that I bought over the years. I can look in my closet, see 20 wrestling shirts that were bought through Ring of Honor with a Ring of Honor copyright on them. I, What they did to Kelly Klein, knowing the person that Kelly Klein is, is the last straw for me. I'm, I'm out. I, can't, I cannot support that company unless there is a major regime change. And I think and that that's makes- what most fans need to be at. Yeah, and I, I would agree with you. I, I think that, that in the in the nutshell, really needs to happen. I think you know, Ring of Honor needs to clear clean house and clean up. You know, we mm-hmm. Kelly Klein has been a guest on this program going back all the way to the Mary Elizabeth Monroe days. Uh, oh yeah, have had Kelly on this program a couple of times. We've met Kelly in person, talked to her in person, uh, and in private. Uh, I have no reason to believe. I have no reason to believe that Kelly Klein is not being 100% honest in this situation. And, uh, you know, it, it really, it really sucks. It really sucks. That's the bottom line. It sucks all the way around because, uh, things could be handled much, much better. And there were people in place that were trying to do that and they were shut down. Um, you mentioned, uh, Jim Cornette just a moment ago. Obviously the other news of this week was Jim Cornette, (laughs) Uh, quitting or being asked to resign from the NWA program over a joke that aired um, or a line of commentary that aired, which Jim calls a joke, uh, not on this past episode, but the previous episode. 
Um, you know, it, it caused a big firestorm, big blow up on social media. In this past week, I believe it was this past Friday on Jim Cornette's podcast, Jim addressed the whole situation, saying that he had used the line before, that the line is a joke that he has used before. It is not, was not meant to be a racist joke that it was a joke about starvation. It was a joke back in the early, you know, 19, late 1980s, early 1990s, every major stand-up comedian or everybody was passing around Ethiopian jokes about people starving to death. And that, funny that's too. where, yeah, because, yeah, that's where I'm getting. Because, you know, a 30-year-old joke about starvation is just as funny as a, you know, a racist comment on a, on a, television program from a commentator who has had issues in the past in both areas. So that's what makes the whole ship right. This I will say, and I don't say it in defense of Jim Cornette. <clears throat> I say this because there has to be a level of accountability. And I saw a very informative thing uh, with Shane Douglas, not long after this, when Shane worked at TNA these episodes are, were all pre-recorded. That means that they've already been been shot, they've been in the can, they went through the editing process, so on and so forth. Shane Douglas said that in TNA, they had set what they called seven layers of protection. They had seven different sets of ears and seven different eyes, sets of eyes, that reviewed the broadcast before it aired to make sure that Nothing slipped through, whether it was, you know, uh, something that was heard in the ring, um, something that uh, was said on commentary, perhaps a, um, a wardrobe malfunction, uh, an errant camera angle, just so that the production looked as polished as what it could be for television. You had m more than ample enough time to catch this. And Cornette says that when he talked to Dave Lagana, who was responsible, and this is according to Jim Cornette, that Dave Lagana was responsible for editing it, that when he asked Dave about it, that he said that it, he never caught it, that it went right by him. There has to be a level of accountability on all areas. First of all, at Jim's, you know, sitting at commentary beside Joe Galley. There has to be a level of, of accountability in the editing process. I don't know how in the hell this even made it to air. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand, you know, and I'm sure there are going to be those conspiracy theorists that are going to be sitting out there saying, oh, this was just so that they could railroad Jim. Well, not so much, I don't think. But well, to me, well, a joke about starvation in night it's just just as bad i mean it's it's a terrible joke it's a terrible joke here's here's my view on that point bob and and again i think it's a bad joke it's not a funny joke it wasn't but cornette's throwing out quips every five seconds <coughs> and I, right. don't, I don't know how can i put this in a way that's okay so i'm an italian gentleman so if I hear someone make something that's racist against Italian, it sticks out to me more. I don't know that Dave Lagana even recognized the inherent problem with the joke. Or it might have just went by him and it was just another joke. Kind of like we talked about with the ACH situation and the T-shirt. 
where the people that make it, do I think they meant it to be racist? No, I just don't think that they were sensitive that it could be racist. In this day and age, you have to be, you have to have a higher level of sensitivity, don't you? I mean, Twitter took a hold of this, like, like a bass taking a hold of a worm out in the pond. I mean, they they ran with it. I'm just just going with the Lagana part of it. He just probably heard it as another dumb Jim Cornette joke, which he probably editing heard 50 of, which Jim Cornette's been using the same jokes and lines and this this was a Donna. And and think about it like like this. Um, my brothers, my my brothers have a different father than I do. Their grandfather was from a different generation. Uh, growing up, I had all kinds of friends, and there were things that he would say about my friends that were of the African American persuasion that he didn't mean them in a racist way, but it was the terms that he used from when he was a kid and that he grew up with. He didn't know he didn't mean it racist because he was always nice to these kids. He didn't treat them any way different. You know, he would go out of their way. Like if he had candy, he would make sure he brought enough for them as well. It's just, is Jim Cornette a product of his error, which is, seems to be the, the problem with Jim Cornette that he's stuck in a certain era and he's not evolved from that. Laura, what do you, what do you, what do you make of all this? I grew up in the same thing, George. Um, I grew up with two grandparents who were brought up during the depression who used the N word a lot. Um, There's no way you can't think of that word no matter how you use it or how that person using it thinks of the people he's using it against or uh, I'm I'm walking a tightrope here. Um you you can be a product of that era and but you can you can rise above it too the thing that really the thing that really gets me about Jim Cornette is the fact that he will talk about Donald Trump like a dog all day long and then stuff like that comes out of his mouth and homophobic stuff comes out of his mouth and I just don't get it I really and truly don't. And I just just, think, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just wanting to say, you know, I want to make sure everybody's clear here. You know, Jim Cornette did not use that particular verbiage in the joke. Not at all. The the joke went along the lines of something, and I'm paraphrasing it, that Trevor Murdoch was so tough that he could strap a bucket of chicken on his back and ride a motor scooter through Ethiopia and nobody would would touch him. Something like that. Something along those lines. Now, you know, and, made the comment that if it, he didn't use a bucket of chicken, that um, it wouldn't have been as bad. And I understand where they're coming from because that's very stereotypical things that African Americans do. You know, they eat fried chicken. 
I get that, but you still have to deal with the fact that you're making fun of people who are starving. Right. His you his know? defense was his defense on the on the line was because he had used it on Bubba Rogers at one time. The visual of a big guy riding a motor scooter was, you know, funny. The chicken was a metaphor for, you know, being hungry and Ethiopia being the country that was best known for people starving Starving. to death. So, and I get what you're saying. And it was brought up to, you know, if he had used anything, you know, if he had used, I don't know, you know, you know, a a barrel of ham sandwiches strapped to his (laughs) back that there, there, there may have not been, you know, all this backlash, but again, I digress to the stereotypes. And I think that's, that's right Mm -hmm. there for me is the, is the nail being driven into the coffin is, is that he is still playing off of stereotypes that were popular to make fun of in 1989. And here we are in 2019. And guess what, Jim, those stereotypes aren't fucking funny anymore. They're just not fucking funny. You know, what went over with big Bubba Rogers you know, it it, it it just it it's not gone and over. It's not going to get over today. Well, you have to adapt with the times, and be able to bring in either comedy or references that people can relate to today. Not a joke about Ethiopia in 1989. That's where the that's where the disconnect is. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Bob. A joke from 1989 that played well. And, and no knock here to a mostly Southern audience, which has historically been a little bit behind on race relations. It's yeah. not yeah. so not conducive what? for 2019. Kind of like, um, and and you know, I'm opening myself up to criticism here myself. But as a kid, the worst thing you could call another man. Was gay. Yeah, we've now, yeah, we, no, yeah, yeah, we've had I that talk that. before. I I, yeah. I I vividly remember us saying, you know what? If you didn't like it, you know that was cool. Oh, you're so gay. You know, I I, right, I remember that. That's one of the things that that was said back then. I, I know what you're saying now. Now, now that I've grown up and I've met actual gay people and have friends that are actually gay, I realize how hurtful. That had to be to hear people saying that back then, and how much I regret saying it. I, you know, there are friends of mine that at the time I didn't know were gay that it came out later on said, you know, they did something stupid. I said, oh, don't be gay. But, right. you know, now I look at it, I'm like, oh my God, I just, I totally was part of the reason why this guy didn't come out till he was in his 30s. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and, and I, I get it, and I mean, I remember. I listen. I remember the stand-up comedy, and I yes, I remember the jokes that were going around, you know, about Ethiopians back in the day, and the whole thing, and people were yucking it up. And I'm sure that, I, listen, 100% honest, I'm probably sure that I told a joke in 1989. I probably told a joke and had jokes told to me. I get that part, but as you get older, which he is. And as society progresses, which hopefully we are, you come to realize that telling jokes about people starving to death is really not that funny. 
when, when we sit when we sit down and think about it, but because it's a world away, and like I said, we used it in '89 and got over. You're just not going to get over in 2019 using that joke, or half the other shit that he uses. That's the whole problem. So let's. I, I think know. his whole thing, his idea of what wrestling could be, is stuck in stuck in the past. Now, I'm not saying I 100% disagree with him. At times, he's dead on at stuff that I find is silly and stupid in wrestling. And at times, I think he's 100% wrong. His uh, his view on Joey Ryan is 100% I think, wrong. I think he's wrong because, yes, it's a ridiculous move to do the dick flip. Okay, we all get that. It's ridiculous. But is it less ridiculous than, uh, well, uh, let's say, back in, back in his days, with iron claw to the stomach? You can just push a guy's hand away. Is it less ridiculous than than the poison mist that blinds you or the referee that doesn't see the the faces pay? There's a certain level of disbelief that everybody's had in wrestling that even before kayfabe was broke, wink, wink, everybody knew it wasn't 100% on the level. So, you know, something like a magical penis, how is that bad when you got a guy – that for 30 years has been an undead zombie who controls lightning and been killed 57 <laughs> times in matches, but keeps coming back every year for WrestleMania, and he's one of the biggest stars in the history of the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. God damn it, he's the Undertaker, calls. He's the Undertaker. Don't you dare make that comparison. Uh, we're going to oh, go no, on and... Uh, I, I love and respect <laughs> the Undertaker. Don't get me wrong. But I also uh, George, you're banned. Joey Ryan. You, you, you're banned. You're comparing Joey Ryan to The Undertaker, you son of a bitch. I can't believe it. Uh, we're going to go on and bring on the uh, – we're going to go br- bring on the doc here for a couple of minutes. And uh, he's been kicking this idea around about Jim Cornette. And now's as good as time as any to get it before we get into the uh, the other things and the turkey awards. But we'll go on and bring the good doc on. Doc, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are uh, the three of you doing? Good, good. Can't complain. Just sitting here uh, debating the curious case of Jim Cornette and uh, the Doritos time machine that seems to be stalled out. Yeah, he seemed. There seems to be a disconnect between um, kind of the absurdity of the humor and the reality that it connects to. That yeah. I think uh, a lot of people suffer from. So you heard. What we've been talking about, his explanation is, is that, you know, it wasn't a racist joke. It was a joke about, you know, Ethiopia and the conditions in Ethiopia in 1989 or 88 or 90 or whenever, you know, whenever the whole thing, you know, hit uh, hit mainstream. And uh, he says that he came up with it in a car, uh, you know, the absurd idea of Bubba Rogers riding a motor scooter and they were at a chicken place eating chicken and... You know, Ethiopia was all the rage as far as joke the joke machine was concerned, and that's how he came up with it. He used it then, and he used it today, and somehow or another it worked back then, but it didn't work so well now. So where are we at on this? Well, one issue is just the idea of what makes something funny, and he's keying into the whole incongruity idea. So if you kind of just take humor by itself, separate it from everything else, 
then something that's on, then he has a point in terms of just the incongruity of the idea. Um, and as you folks have been talking about, the world has moved on. I mean, back then, I don't want to say we were more accepting of things. It's that more people um, believed certain things were okay, and you know, people those things went against either didn't speak up or if they did they weren't taken seriously so it was glossed over I think that's part of the issue and today people are more willing to speak out and say hey that's not okay and the other part of it is as George was saying you know, when we're younger we don't make these connections between you know kind of the incongruity of the humor of what we're saying and just how it's funny when you isolate it and how it's actually connected to reality. And eventually we realize that. And we realize, okay, this really isn't funny. We understand why. And we're able to move on because of it and see that, you know, if someone hasn't moved on, what the problem is. So it it seems like for whatever reason, he's simply, okay, part of it is he's not making the connection between, you know, there's this thing I'm saying that's kind of funny, but there's this real-world issue that's totally not funny. And, let's see, I mean, now I lost my train of thought because there was something else I was thinking about. But okay. that's that's part of it. So Just we take a guy like him... But we take a guy like Jim that that obviously has issues with, I don't know, we're just going to call it 80%. 80, I think that's a fair number. 80% of what he sees in professional wrestling because he is comparing it to his experiences, his life experiences, his experience mm-hmm. in the professional wrestling industry. And, you know, it's all well and good up until the point where you start to disagree with him. And then once you make a disagreement yeah. or you say, hey, you know, this isn't right, then all of a sudden you get put on blast. You're called all kinds of names. You get blocked, you know, all this other stuff. So I guess my I guess my, my thought on it or my, my, my final platform is I don't believe that he can change. I don't believe it. If he were going to change, he'd have already done it. I, I just don't believe he's capable of changing. And that's that's actually the other point I was thinking about. Um, people probably vary in the extent to which they're willing to let their beliefs be challenged. Some people can let their beliefs be challenged and be okay with that. Some people don't have that ability. Um, and so what you're describing describes someone who has certain beliefs and can't have those beliefs challenged, doesn't have the ability to had their beliefs challenged because if you have evidence that the beliefs are wrong, well, now that person has to look at himself and say, wait a sec, these things I believe are actually wrong, they can't handle that. Some people can handle well, that. that. Say, okay, it's obvious on Twitter yeah. he can't handle that. Yeah. So I'm unless that changes, I don't see him moving on. No, and I think that's... I'm, that seems like it extends beyond Jim Cornette nowadays. Hmm. Let's let's just say that. 
he's he's not the only one in that barrel. I don't think. No, I don't think that he is either. I think he's just the one that's the most vocal, the drum leader, yeah. the drum major, so to speak. Doc, uh, I, uh, thank you very much. Go ahead, George. I come, I come from the opposite belief. I want to have all my beliefs challenged. That mm-hmm. way, if I'm wrong about something, I want to learn where I'm wrong, and I want to be yeah. able to adapt because that's the only way – the only way you learn is by learning from people that are smarter than you or know more about something than you. Yeah, and by considering yeah, the possibility you don't know everything. And that's why I say people vary in that. Some people yeah. some people take that that approach. Some people are on the opposite end of the, the spectrum and just won't have their beliefs challenged and will spew all kinds of absolutely ridiculous nonsense and will find a way, if some, you challenge it, find a way to explain it either explain away your evidence or just ignore it. I mean, mm. look, at, look at the extent to which people are ignoring science these days. Oh, yeah. And just ignoring facts. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm a scientist. I train people how to think scientifically and reason scientifically and recognize this stuff. And it's really frustrating to me to see people, I hate to call it thinking, but thinking in this way that's just completely as backwards but i don't i don't want to rant about that yeah. doc uh thank you very much for coming on and giving us your spin on this it makes uh makes a little more sense to me and uh certainly hope that you have a, a wonderful thanksgiving holiday and uh look forward to seeing you soon yeah, well actually soon will be I was going to say soon will be two days. So in two days, we'll be in the same place at WrestleCade with 8,000 or so other people. So hopefully we'll see each other across that hopefully, weekend. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. But all y'all have a, uh, a great Thanksgiving as well and safe travels. And hopefully we'll see you in a couple of days. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Doc. Absolutely. Have a good night. All right, you too. There goes the uh, the good doctor, and uh, certainly want to thank him for his input. Uh, I did see a couple other things, and then we need to get into some turkey legs, because that's what we're doing. Uh, announcement from Wild Women of Wrestling, who just had their, their season end off uh, this past weekend, announced that they are going to uh, take a foray, uh, swore away, a, a trip. They're going to do a fall tour in 2020 and put out on their website to uh, submit your name and your email and where you'd like to see them come, where you live and what proximity you'd like to see the show come to your area. Uh, That's pretty interesting because this is a uh, largely known It's uh, in the immortal words of Ricky Reyes. It's not a wrestling promotion. It's a television show about wrestling. So it's interesting to see that, Wow wants to take this on the road a little bit. So uh, be curious to see where that comes up. The last thing that I had was, you know, one of the guys that I personally love in professional wrestling, I think I say this for Laura and George too, um, Mauro Ranala from NXT. Yeah. Uh, That damn Corey Graves. Jesus, he can't get out of his own way. He's like... He's like a peanut butter sandwich with no bread and no jelly. He's just a jar of peanut butter stuck to some of the roof of somebody's mouth as we hear my alarm clock go off. Uh, 
I got, I I got the perfect answer for what he is, Bob. He's a millennial <laughs> Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, yeah. we'll wait for the last thing. He, uh, that that makes a lot of sense. You know, his response, and he's since apologized for his errant tweets on, on Twitter. He says that, you know, he's just trying to, you know, maybe stir up a little something, get somebody to talk about something, maybe something for, you know, the backstage segment or, you know, for his, you know, podcast that he does for WWE. Look, look here, Jack Wagon. I don't know if it's out of sheer... <laughs> sheer jealousy that you just can't stand it that he is the best the absolute best color commentator play-by-play guy on in professional wrestling today today i don't know if it's the jealousy level is that freaking high that you just can't stand it or you're just a complete moron I can't figure I can't figure it out either. Either way, I, I think it's both. And Laura, what do you think? I, you know, used to like Corey Graves because I enjoyed his commentary, and I understand if you're wanting to try to stir up stuff. But why in the world are you going to try to stir up stuff with someone who's already faced this same issue? In this yeah. company, I yeah. mean, are, you know, are, why in the world do you want to do that? What, what, what is the purpose? You know, really, what is the purpose? And I think it's jealousy. I think the fact that you know he Morrow is so passionate about what he does, you can tell he's like he's like David Crockett on crack or something. It just, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> You know, he just really is. He's just like, you know, David Crockett to the, you know, 19th power or something. It's just, and Corey Gray is one of those people that looks like an asshole. I hate to say that. But I've met people that, you know, and I've been proven wrong, too, that just have that asshole about them. Well, and, let me ask. Let me let me uh-huh. ask you this. This is for both of you. Corey Graves is a guy that was brought into NXT as a talent, as a wrestler, uh, too concussed, physically unable to perform, can't get back in the ring. Okay, the WWE I mean, they they like him. They they like the way that he talked, the way they worked. He was incredibly incredibly popular at NXT. They go on and 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 sign him and say we're going to bring you on into commentary. We love you that much. We we want you. If he really wanted to stir something up, wouldn't you go to creative and say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to be doing the podcast thing, blah, blah, blah. I really want to push this guy or girl. Can we incorporate it in a storyline? Why are you taking cheap shots right. at a com- at the com at a commentator, somebody that's doing your doing this shtick with you? You're on the same you got the same job description. Why are you taking cheap shots at a guy like this? unless you're trying to push him out or make him look like a buffoon. Number one, you're not going to make Morrow look like a buffoon. You're just not going to do it. He is, he is over like a flapjack. So what are we talking? Are you trying to push this guy out? What's, I mean, what do you think? He might have. You know, I, I think this goes back um, somewhat to what we were saying about Cornette kind of 
it goes back to the jock versus, I guess you would say, geek in them. I, you would say Corey comes from a, a jock perspective, from the locker room guy. And yeah. Morrow is more of a, you know, I hate, I hate to say it, he's, he's a wrestling nerd. Just okay. like all of us are that are listening or on this show, we're wrestling nerds if we care this much. And I, it's kind of, I have a feeling, and I've met Corey Graves a couple times, and he was extremely nice to me, uh, extremely outgoing, didn't give off any bad vibes when I met him, so I will put that out there. But it seems to me that you know how there's, no matter where you go, there's bullies and people that get bullied. And Morrow seems to be a target by guys that want to be bullies, want to be the big dog in the yard, so to say. Right. And he's the target. And it, it always seems the way. I know people that are the targets, and I know people that are the bullies. And maybe Corey falls into that category, the JBL category of the world, where he has to bully somebody else to make himself feel more important. That's plausible. That's plausible. Uh, again, he has since apologized on Twitter or apologized on his podcast saying, you know, that he meant no ill will, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing I would suggest to Mr. Graves. You know, he's quick witted. You know, he 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 does the things that we talked about where Cornette doesn't do. He ties in modern day pop culture references uh, with his commentary uh, he's actually he's actually pretty good at what he does, but just because you're good at what you at what you do doesn't necessarily make you a good person. Work on your people skills, Corey. Work on your people skills. Um, we're gonna go on and give out our 2019 Golden Turkey Leg Awards, and basically what these are are some of our favorites as far as. Best male wrestler, best female wrestler, so on and so forth. And we've done this in the past. We've called it a couple other things, and we've usually held it off a couple of weeks, but now seemed just as good a time as any to get it done. And I have to preface this whole thing. Laura and I both already knew what the ground rules were. And I, I should publish on Twitter the thread of George Coles begging like a dog in the street to please allow AEW – and New Japan Pro Wrestling <laughs> and all the other stuff. And it was supposed to be non, it was supposed to be people that are not currently signed to a major contract, a major televised contract, as far as our quote unquote best ofs. But George just had to beg and plead, beg and plead. So we give him a little latitude and maybe a category or two. But if it starts getting carried away, I'm, I'm cutting him off. That'll be it. No more. I asked for one in one category just because it's so – and when we get there, I'll, I'll explain why. Okay. All right. Laura, what did you say? You, you, you had what? I broke a rule. I'm sorry. I broke one. <sighs> you can't see. This is why we can't have nice things. This is why the playground is always closed at recess time. Uh, my, uh, my literal yeah? Twitter name is Heel Heat. You didn't think I, I was going to break a wool or two? I I figured as much. I figured as much. <laughs> uh, so we're going to kick it off with the best male wrestler for 2019. Laura, who was your pick? I have a tie. Okay. Okay. 
I have two people, one person who I'm sure many people have written off, and one person, well, the other person they could have written off as well, but has just, well, both of them have just come strong in 2019 and proven that there's still a lot of gas in the tank. And okay. my my choice choices for best male wrestler um, would be C.W. Anderson and George South. Ooh, Ooh. interesting, interesting. Mr. Coles? Uh, orange? No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> ah. I, I, I believe that J.D. Drake has had the year of all independent wrestlers, of all male independent wrestlers, everything he's done this year to solidify himself as something that we've known for years, uh, going into the fact that he's going to be debuting for PWG very soon. I think Mm -hmm. this has been the year of J.D. Drake. Well, Can't argue there. Yeah, either George is peeking at my paper or he's absolutely right. And that's a good pick because that's who I have listed for my Golden Turkey Leg Award, J.D. Drake, uh, with everything that he has accomplished both through WWN. uh, This year especially has been the year for me of J.D. Drake. This was a tough one uh, between him and, to be honest with you, Anthony Henry. I think both have a lot Mm. to offer, but there's just something about J.D., the throwback, you know, the blue-collar badass, and I really, really, really am interested to see how things go for him in PWG. I still expect big things out of J.D. I, I think that the best is yet to come, so keep your eye on J.D. Drake. Uh, best female wrestler for 2019, Laura? Here's where I broke the rules. Okay. <laughs> um, I picked Tessa Blanchard just because yeah. of where she she could end up being catapulted uh, if she beats, you know, Sammy Callahan for the impact. The, the impact, not the knockout, the impact World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. So I really, you know, there are lots of great female wrestlers on the indies, and I could name them, but, you know, Tessa could – you know, be the first female to actually, and you you did a great piece uh, on your Bunkhouse Bob uh, Facebook page about, you know, what this means, mm-hmm. you know, for Tessa and for women in wrestling to, you know, I think Becky Lynch was close, you know, being the man and and that, but, you know, Tessa is, you know, has a chance to actually be the man. That is true. That is true. Mr. Coles? I'm going to go with Chris Statlander. Hmm. I think she's a she's a person that when we started, he, Chris Statlander. Okay, I just I think, it, it, the phone broke up, sorry. Oh, you're okay. It's uh, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. I think she's been on nothing but an upward trajectory, and I really, really am excited to see what comes next for her. And I think she's had an amazing year as it is, and she's still really young and still really new to the business. So I think the sky's the limit for her, to be honest with you guys. I would agree with you. That's a that's a really good pick. That's a really good pick. Um, 
this is one that really, really was tough for me because I wanted to break the rule, but because I'm such a good guy, I didn't. Uh, you know, I, uh, Baby face I did. Bob. Exactly. I did write a piece on Tessa and, and, and shared it on our pages and all that. And, and my heart wants to uh, wants to go with Tessa. But the lady that I picked for Female Wrestler of the Year this year is Thunder Rosa. Uh, for everything that has occurred, uh, throughout 2019 and the match quality that she's had uh, being uh, brought into not only wow women of wrestling, but also with the NWA program, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I don't know how many people watched this last episode of the NWA power, uh, but it had a little behind the scenes stuff with her uh, doing her MMA deal with combat America. There's a lot of stuff in there. There's some stuff in there that we were privy to from uh, and I even mentioned this on social media. It's funny to me, still funny to me to this day, how some mainstream shows are just now picking up on people because the popularity train is pulled into the station. But she was one of the ladies that we did our homework on, you know, four and five years ago and had right. on this program and said, this is somebody that you need to be watching because there's something about her. And now people are getting to see what we were talking about back then. That's the, the double-edged sword of doing this whole thing. Um, some of the stuff we were privy to, uh, her doing social work, things like that. I remember the very first interview we did, she did it uh, from a car driving in traffic. And this is when she lived in L.A. That's how far back we go with yeah. this. Yeah, so, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. So for me to uh, to see that, I don't know how someone – uh, in watching her story with the MMA deal uh, and her training and, and knowing what, what, what she has done in, in trying to balance, you know, the MMA thing, her wrestling life, her home life and all that. That's why I went with it. The uh, uh, female wrestler for me was Thunder Rosa. Uh, best tag team of 2019. I have a three-way tie. Three-way tie. Okay. I do. Um, the okay. first uh, team will be an obvious choice. The second one probably is two. The third one, um, I was most impressed by a match uh, on Ring of Honor. Okay. Uh, my first pick would be the Revolt. Uh, they came back okay. in the PW, and they've been the PWX Tag Team Champions ever since defeating the Ugly Ducklings. Uh, okay. They have taken on all comers. So, uh, my second choice would be the Gymnasty Bull. Mm, that's good. Um, they're still killing it. You know, uh, Timmy and Mike are. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Chris Riddle is. Uh, He's on fire tonight, isn't he? Yeah. He's on fire tonight. Um, you know they're they're facing the Dawsons at WrestleCade for the AML tag titles, and uh, uh, I, you know I gotta I believe in Mike and Timmy, I do because they're just good people. Right. Uh, my third choice would be Hawks Airy. I don't know if you guys saw that match with the Briscoes on Ring of Honor, but holy shit, that was. Such a great match. And, you know, I've seen Luke battle. You've seen him battle Matt Hardy. 
you mm. know, but, you know, with his son there with him, very impressive. Very, very and, and I was so proud to have to actually know, you know, I don't know Luke's son yet because I haven't met him, but, you know, to know Luke and the team on a national uh, platform like that was just, it, I, my heart just swelled with pride. I was so happy. Good picks. Good picks. George? Well, I one-third of the way agree with Laura, and I'm going with Luke and PJ. And, Bob, I'll let you say their tag team name because I'm not Cajun. It's not a Cajun name. Is this what you were busting my chops about in the message? It's just Hawks Airy. Hawks Airy. That's how you would yeah. – I, I figured that was a Cajun. I'd never seen it other than uh, people from the Louisiana area. And uh, my reason, but you got oh, because you put it behind of yourself. Yes, my, instead of in front my of. Reasoning, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my reasoning, other than the the fantastic match that they had with the Briscoe brothers, and uh, is uh, I've I've watched a lot of them in reality wrestling, and they they have really been tearing it up there. I. Uh, from what I understand, they're really killing it in Wildcat, which obviously they would be. It's right. uh, I'm I'm really hoping to see them bust out and hit more areas and go to more promotions. And Luke, we know, is a fantastic wrestler. PJ's only going to get better and better as the years go by. I agree with you. I agree with you. And uh, they're going to be doing some stuff. I want to think I saw something. Uh, Next weekend, I want to say something in my mind is telling me next weekend, uh, out in California doing some work out in LA. Uh, but nice. my bet, my my pick, 2019 best tag team is Zane and Dave Dawson, the Dawson brothers. Uh, they have just run roughshod over a lot of the competition, and of course, getting the opportunity to work for the NWA and people getting to see them on the NWA. And I don't know if you got to watch the last episode this past week. Uh, They also showed the side that uh, Laura and I also know uh, of having, being able to, being able to do some comedy stuff too. Uh, Don't get me wrong. They are 100% legit. They will punch you right in the mouth, but I, I don't believe that I've ever heard Shakespeare recited more eloquently than what I have with Zane and Dave Dawson did on NWA power. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out the damn episode. Uh, Best feud of 2019. And this, I want to ask you something both real quick in the world of independent professional wrestling, are feuds still viable? Is it because I mean, it's, there's a lot of one-offs anymore. I'm, I'm confused, Bob, because I thought there was a, best match and a match of the year so because there was a match in that list so I did after tag team I did like best match so I just want to make sure that I'm okay so um, yeah I had I had best I had best feud in there too oh yeah and I've got my answer for that okay Um, yes yeah yeah, um, feuds could be very viable in independent wrestling if they're done right and consistently. Sounds fair enough. What do you have for best feud? Um, I have Chris Riddle versus Con O'Kelly. Fair enough. 
And this is this is why this is a this is a feud of the year because representation matters. You have two members of the LGBTQ community, a person of color, who are taking center stage in a major independent wrestling promotion in the state of North Carolina. I think there are a lot of people out there that saw that and thought, hmm, I didn't think wrestling was for me, but maybe it is. Or maybe I could get involved in some way because these two are representing people like me. And I just want to say real quick that Chris Riddle has got a lot of tricks up his sleeve this upcoming weekend. And as I mentioned, Cono Kelly, he's not done with Cono Kelly yet either. Just want to throw that out there. Very interesting. Mr. Coles, feuds still viable to you? They are. And I think it depends on what kind of promotion you run. There's some promotions that have congruent storylines and some of them that are just promotions that put on matches for the sake of matches. Okay. And with that, with that being said, uh, my feud of the year was from Game Changer Wrestling, Nick Gage and Ricky Shane Page. I think it's been fun. I think it's been interesting. They they're keeping it going through social media. They're keeping it going on their shows. It's been the one constant thing on a show that actually, more often than not, is spot wrestling. The guy coming in for one shot. A guy coming in as a special guest. So to me, I. I really like that. And plus, I don't think Game Changer Wrestling is getting quite the uh, publicity they should, where I think they're a fantastic promotion that a lot of people just uh, are not paying attention to. Very good. Uh, For me, the feud of the year for me, and we've already talked about it on this program, has been Jim Cornette versus the world. And in Jim's eyes, he's winning. In the immortal words of... uh, Charlie Sheen winning. He's not so much winning. The world is winning, Jim. Get with the world. Uh, breakout star of the year. Laura, who was your pick for breakout star? Who do you think is going to be the next big thing coming up? I picked um, a previous show guest of this year, Ms. Ms. Sadie Lee Ma. Ooh, good pick. Good pick. Good pick. Because she is just out of nowhere I mean and I say that I don't say that flippantly because I know that she's worked incredibly hard sure to get where she is but it's this meteoric rise you know that she I believe she's still the current Firestar Women's Champion um, and has just incredibly and also too is you know it's great as an older woman to see another older woman excelling in a Sport and or field that's primarily a young woman's thing. I would agree with that, Mr. Coles. For you, you've seen him all over Twitter. You may not have seen any of his matches, but I'm going with Dan Housen. I, I think, have uh, seen what I've he's seen doing, his social media posts. What he's doing with his gimmick in this day and age, and his match quality is actually really good if you if you look it through, but. Uh, Adding that gimmick to it, it just, to me, it's taking it over the top. And I think he's going to be the guy that in 2020, he's going to be 
like Luchasaurus was this year, where all of a sudden he's on everybody's tip of their tongue. Hey, George, you're going to have to explain who this is because I don't know who that is. I I cannot do it justice, Laura. When you um, get a chance, go look up Dan Housen on Twitter. It's all one word, uh, D-A-N-H-A-U-S-E-N. And just watch some of the videos he's put out. Watch some of the interactions. Uh, he does some really funny stuff with uh, War Horse as well, who's another great character who I considered for this. But uh, it's I can't explain him and do it justice. You you have to see it to to understand. It's one of the, it's one of those things. Okay, I have to check that okay. out for sure. Mine uh, my pick of the for 2019 breakout star of the year is a guy that we had on the program this year, and going through and doing prep work for it, I got to watch several of his matches, and then after we did the interview, I watched some more. And I can't stress enough how impressed I was with Cole Radrick. Uh, I really think this young man has a lot to offer. And I really think that you're going to start seeing his name take off a bit more coming up as we get into 2020. I'll be interested to see how Mania weekend goes for him. Uh, But I I definitely, definitely feel like this is a guy that people should be paying attention to, uh, Cole Radrick is my pick for breakout star of the year. And we get down to uh, the Holy grail of it all. The match of the year for 2019. Laura, what did you have? Okay. So I got two. Okay. You have how many? Um, two. I got two. Okay, matches. I thought you said six. Okay. I got 19. <laughs> um, you got 19. My, okay. I got 19. My first pick is Joey Janela versus Jeff Hart. Okay. Yeah. Because I okay. don't care a damn. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, you know, I hate like hell that I was not there to watch that in person. But right. I think that this has helped because usually it's freight train that does right. things with or Donnie or Big Donnie with his. Legendary feud with Cliff Compton. Um, right. But this helps. Oh, my Jesus, Jeff Hart. He sent me messages. I have no earthly idea sometimes what the hell he talks about. But I yeah. absolutely love and adore Jeff Hart because he's one of the most sincere people you'll ever meet. Right. So my okay. second pick for match of the year is C.W. Anderson versus George South when C.W. wins the AML title. Okay. That's this, a good pick. I strongly I think, considered that for mine. Do what, George? I'm sorry? That was in strong consideration for mine as well. It's just it's old school wrestling at its best. It's showing that a story can still be told. A match can still can be worked. Um, I love George South, you know, um, tremendously. I think he's, I think George ought to have his own wing in, in, in a Hall of Fame somewhere. Um, but I think this is showing that CW, and, and most importantly, I think it's the, from CW's Facebook post, it's, you know, he's proven to himself that there is, Still, 
fight left within him and that he is um, worthy of being the AML champ. Very good. Very good. Mr. Coles? Now, I need for the referees to turn around because I can't do this in front of you. I'm breaking yeah. the rules. And okay. there's, there's multiple reasons. Uh, one, I was there for the match. Second, what both of the guys mean to me. And third, what their father meant to me. And that's Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. And I, I'm, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Earlier this year in Las Vegas and um, – at double or nothing, I I think if you can't, if you don't watch that match and get some kind of feeling out of it, I think you're broken inside. To me, Brigad. that was that was so such a great match. I was, and I, I've said it before, and I said it on the show before. I was in the arena, standing up and crying, and looking at a bunch of other grown people standing up and crying and cheering as well. And it was to me. To get that much emotion out is the reason why I had to break the rules for this because of how how great that that itself was and how far above everything else I think that match was. We'll give you a we'll give you a pass on that, George, uh, because of uh, because of your explanation makes perfect sense to me. Uh, the match that I picked for match of the year for me was really for one reason and one reason only. The match that I picked was PWX's War Games match, and the reason why I picked it was because of the history that was behind it. Uh, We all know that there had been a previous all-women's War Games match, and there's been an all-women's War Game match after the fact, uh, just recently with NXT, but Savannah Evans uh, was the first female African-American participant in an intergender war games match. And she successfully competed in that match. And for me, that is history that whatever happens, that is history that can never be taken away. And for having something that monumental happen, especially to a good person like Savannah, that to me is what solidified my pick as match of the year for 2019. Absolutely. Um, we're going to wrap it up with uh, something that George came up with. George had asked us to pick two things that we were grateful for, one which was wrestling-related and one just personal-related. So, uh, Laura, what you got? I am grateful for John Walsh, who is okay. one of the most kindest, bestest human beings God ever put on this planet. He is kind, considerate, generous, and puts up with me. So um, I'm very grateful for John Walsh. And I'm very grateful for the wrestling friends that I have, especially I'm very grateful for um, Big Donnie because we'll be seeing him at WrestleCade. And yeah. he, I haven't seen Donnie in two years. So I'm so looking forward to seeing him because I always have a good time. He always has a funny story. Um, uh, When we uh, get around Ricky Morton, Ricky Morton tells some of the best stories because Donnie will uh, kind of, you know, ag him on. Uh, So um, (laughs) 
great stories. But and, and also too, I'll break a rule. I'm grateful for the two of you and for Doc. Um, you know, doing the show, I've had a lot of fun uh, doing the show with you guys, and it's just good to have friends uh, like the three of you. Thank you very much. Appreciate, I appreciate that. that. Mr. Coles? Well, two things I'm grateful for. I'll do them in the, the reverse order. In wrestling, I'm grateful for, for the variety and the equality that's out there now. I think we're finally getting to a time and age where everyone's represented and everyone has something they like. You might like vanilla, you might like chocolate, you might like strawberry, but there's ice cream parlors that are serving all three right now. You can like the old school of the NWA. You can like the super flippy style, as some people call it, of AEW. You can like the independent wrestling. You can love WWE and be a lifetime supporter. There's so much great and diverse wrestling out that that makes me happy being a fan. And uh, secondly, my personal thing, I like to say I'm thankful and grateful for my health, for you guys' health, for the health of all my family and friends, uh, for love and support that our friends and family give us. I'm thankful for you guys. Um, I'm thankful that this has been a, a transitional year and I've spoke with you guys about it as, as part of my job. And I'm thankful that that has gone through and it's uh and I'm still surviving and, and thriving in certain ways. So uh, I'm just, I'm thankful that 2019 is ending on a better note that it started with. Very good. Very good. Uh, for me, as far as uh, professional wrestling is concerned, I am grateful that professional wrestling still provides me that outlet, that escapism that can be the daily ins and outs, uh, the pressure cooker of life and its responsibilities that come with it. When I can turn on the channel and I can see Zane and Dave Dawson recite Shakespeare on NWA or I can you know I can watch uh you know uh I don't know a history making match uh between competitors you know these incredible athletes uh I'm I'm grateful for the escapism that uh that it provides me because you know it's still real to me damn it uh on a personal note uh I'm grateful for the people that are in my life on a daily basis. 2019 has been an incredibly difficult and painful year for me. And I am grateful for the people that have surrounded me uh, and held me up at times when I didn't think that I could stand up. And people that have uh, talked me through uh, dark days, you know, uh, I'm grateful for, uh, my family and, uh, for my friends and for my loved ones. And I look forward to spending some time with all the people, uh, that are important in my life the best that I can, uh, throughout the course of the next few days. So that's what I'm grateful for. Um, next week on this show, Christ God Almighty, if we survive through the next three or four days and get back to uh, some sense of normalcy, 
Uh, we will do another show on Wednesday night and probably have, I don't know, a bunch of stories. We'll probably just have what we call uh, – uh, You know we're going to have a bunch of stories, Bob. We always have a bunch of stories. We'll have a bunch of stories. Uh, the title for next week's episode will be uh, WrestleCade Hangover 2019. And uh, we'll uh, share some thoughts and some stories and make sure that you're paying attention to social media this weekend. As always, folks, we do not live stream the matches nor give match results from WrestleCade weekend, but we will try to share some video clips, some 30-second clips. We don't want to get in any trouble with anybody, uh, any copyright type of thing, Uh, but we'll be sharing stuff on Twitter, pictures, and posts and some video clips on that on Facebook. So make sure that you're following us on social media and make sure that if you're even considering heading to Winston-Salem, North Carolina this weekend for WrestleCade 2019, make sure you get your tickets in advance. Go to www.wrestlecade.com. Wait, breaking, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, breaking news here on Live from the Armory. I just looked at Facebook. And WrestleCade has posted, after a match in the U.K., Tessa Blanchard has not been medically cleared to compete during WrestleCade Super Show this Saturday. Ooh. However, she'll be for the weekend and will be making an announcement about the previously announced fatal four-way match between her, Taya, Rosemary, and Jordan Grace very soon. Stay Ooh. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, we have to take the good with the bad. We'll still get to see Tessa. And, and you take them both, uh, and there you have it. Back to life. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Mr. Coles, certainly wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, hope that you have an, in- an incredible day tomorrow. Same to you both, and uh, I want to wish you guys both safe travels, and and uh, be be good to each other, and Laura, as much as you want to, Please don't hit Bob. He's a fragile old man. I am fragile. I've never hit Bob. I have never hit Bob. You she swung at me. She's, she swung at me. I was My yeah, cat-like but, reflexes saved me. There is a difference between swinging at someone and actually making contact, which is the definition of hitting <laughs> someone. So yes, I've never true. Bob. You might want to talk to your son. Uh, boy band who uh, has put more gray hairs in Bob's head than I ever had. <laughs> oh, that, you ain't lying that there. That's probably 100% true. <laughs> well, you know, as I've said before on this show, there is the truth and then there is the gospel truth. And that is the gospel truth. Uh, folks, we thank you for listening to this episode of the show. Uh, We'll be back here next Wednesday night, God willing, and the creek don't rise, 7 o'clock Eastern Time here on Blog Talk Radio. On every podcast platform known to mankind, check us out on FNX Network. Uh, Be good to one another. Happy Thanksgiving to you all from all of us here. And remember, there's never a bad seat here at the Armory. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon.
have been listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. Listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at From the Armory. We're also streamed worldwide on www.fnx.network. And we're also available on Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.9. If you like what you hear, please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you.